What's going on, semi-armed supporters? Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to episode 13 of The Semi-Armed Life. This is Alana, and I am here with my co-host, Mike. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Ready to do episode Mm -hmm. 13? Ready for it. All right. Um, So sorry it's been a little while, uh, but we appreciate you guys hanging in there. We're just not... We're not the regular, the consistent content creators. We're just the people that do it for fun. So hope you're cool with that. Anyway, so we're going to jump right into it. Um, we are uh, first, I need to talk about a correction to episode 12 and kind of get up on my soapbox and yell about the internet for a minute. So on episode 12, we talked about how uh, Missouri was had supposedly passed a a bill saying that they're not going to allow any federal gun laws to be enforced in Missouri. And this was kind of a big thing in the gun community all over Instagram and Facebook for a little while. Um, And it had a lot of hype and everybody was freaking out about it. And people were like, yeah, I'm moving to Missouri. Oh yeah. A lot of memes. Lots of people. Yeah. It was like two months ago, right? Uh, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guess what guys? That didn't happen. No, not at all. Fake news. Bullshit. Oh. Sorry. I was just really upset about it. So I, uh, I, unfortunately, Mike and I both fell victim to clickbait, and so did all of you. Uh, but what really happened is a bill got introduced in Missouri in the House of Representatives uh, that would indeed ban all federal gun laws or or just not allow them to be enforced in Missouri. It's called the uh, Second Amendment Protection Act or Missouri, excuse me, House Bill uh, 436. Okay. So it got introduced uh, way back in January. And then I think what happened is that it got a lot of hype because on March 25th, a public hearing was scheduled for the bill, and then it didn't end up even getting uh, heard. So uh, it it just kind of, I don't know, people like the literally all of the headlines that I read uh, on blogs and stuff were saying, Missouri passes bill banning federal gun laws. So really upset about that. Um, basically, this is just my PSA of saying, Go to the original bill text, look up where it is. You can find all that information on um, the state government uh, website. You know, if you if you hear some hype about a crazy bill or something, just the best thing that you can do is just go to the original source. Don't just buy into whatever clickbaity headline you see. So, so. The, the correct headline would have been uh, Missouri trying to get a bill Mm-hmm. Like looked at, and it did. They didn't even look at it, right? Yeah, and I mean, the house adjourned already, so it, it's it's dead, <laughs> it's yeah, gone. That's why Sorry, we haven't guys. heard about it in a while. I also mm-hmm. a small correction that I'm that I made. I think I said that like Austria was the first country to adopt the Luger. I don't remember. Whatever country <laughs> I said though, it was the wrong country. It was a different country. What's the right country? I don't know. What? That's not even a correction. Then I was wrong. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. I remembered that 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 from last episode that I was like, damn it, that's the oh, wrong darn. wrong country. Yeah, that's all I know. All right. Well, I guess that's all for small amounts for of misdirection. Small amounts of misinfo that don't. We're matter. willing to you know look at ourselves and 
admit that we're not perfect. Yes. Uh, we have some Patreon questions, just a couple. Yes, we do. Um, let's let's see. I'm going to just grab a couple random ones. We actually got a lot submitted this time. So uh, let's see. Number one, Fit and Fire says, if 40 Cal is far superior to 45 ACP, why are the alphabet soup agencies moving to the nine millimeter? Great question, Mark. Let's see what Mike has to say. Oh, I think the nine <laughs> is better than both, and that's why. Good response. Uh, if you need me to explain, it's like cheaper. You can train more with it, and uh, most people nowadays they don't shoot quite as much. Like people back in the in the sixties, seventies, and eighties all shot like double action revolvers, and they could shoot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, in the age of like polymer guns, a forty cal plastic gun is like kind of hard to shoot for like a regular, you know, like half paper pusher agent. Are you saying that they have weak wrists? A kind of saying that. What about the knockdown power? They're losing all of it. No, I, I still <laughs> think kidding. nine is superior. JK, it's nine still <laughs> definitely superior. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my answer for that. It's just, okay. Uh, nine is better than forty, but I think forty is better than forty-five. But that's only statistically speaking. Gotcha. Yes. All right. Uh, next question comes from Drew Lovelace. He says, "What will be a viable technology first? Focused energy or biometric gun locks? I know this is going to be a stupid answer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say focused energy weapons because they already have those. What? They're big. Kind of like the first computers were like the size of you right. know houses. It's kind of like big cannons and you know like the first machine guns were like big artillery pieces and then they slunk, shrunk down. So that's already a thing. They just they're just working on shrinking it. Whereas the biometric scanning stuff. It's supposed to be reliable in it, in its duty, and it, I don't think that they'll ever make that reliable. Hmm. In order to make it what right. it's being advertised as, and that might sound stupid, but part of me is just saying that because I really don't want biometric guns. You just really want focused energy guns? Yeah. Yeah. Phase two plasma, 40 watt range. That's what, what I they're think. working on at Area 51. <sighs> No mention of Area 51. Uh, I know. I hate Never this. again. I hate it. It's so trendy right now. It but sucks. I do want it. I do want a plasma gun. That'd be freaking cool. You could like put a hole in somebody. <laughs> Isn't that what you do with anything? Yeah, okay. I think. I, Just kidding, guys. I all right. Moving on. Uh, and then, so another question that came to us, um, and it's actually going to be more delved into in an entire topic later on, is uh, my brother wanted to hear a little bit more about armed citizens and you know, like how they've stopped uh, either mass shootings or, um, you know, whatever, just doing good Terrorists. deeds in general. Terrorism. Terrorism. Uh, but we're going to cover that a little later on. Well, we will. Uh, there, there are pretty convincing stats that, they, that it works. Yeah. Okay. We'll just yeah. say that for now. Mm-hmm. But, that works. All right. First topic. Yeah. All right. So uh, first topic, we wanted to talk about podcasts that we like. Um, basically because it, it takes us a while to get you guys a new episode. You got to so. listen to other stuff, right? <laughs> we're going to give you some recommendations for what you can listen to when we're not around. Yes. But. All right. So Mike, do you want to talk about a few or do you want me to just, I, I was going to go through, cause I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have, um, I used to have a really, really long commute. So, uh, do you want me to just go through my list or do you want to talk about a few first? No, let me do an opening spiel on podcasts, please. Go for it. So please. I drive a truck uh, certain days of the week and I usually drive between like two and four hours a day, which is like prime podcast mm-hmm. time frame, like two to four hours. And, uh, over the years I've, I've come to really like listening to Dan Carlin. I've mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. 
Um, just when it comes to history, I like his um, his view, viewpoint or whatever. I don't agree with him on every, anything or not anything. Sorry, I don't. Agree I hate with, the guy, but I listen to. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like I. I don't agree with everything anyone says, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, there's a lot of things I don't agree with that Dan Carlin says, but he's still like my favorite podcast guy yeah. just because of his the his narration skills and when it comes to history and stuff and and kind of like ironic lessons that you learn throughout history. Yeah, um, he's very very detail oriented, and yeah. I really enjoy that. Well, about I him. think what his saying is, I'm addicted to context, which I think yes. in today's world is pretty good because so many things we don't have the proper context on, so we can't make proper decisions. And his thing is like, do you start a story from the very beginning of time in order to tell the whole story? <laughs> you know, so you got to kind of pick right. and choose. But um, one thing I will say, he he is like borderline pro-gun, semi, he's a little mushy sure. when it comes to that stuff, but that's not, mm-hmm. you know, that's not a big deal. Or, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's what I don't agree with. It is with. a big deal. <laughs> that's one of the main things I don't agree with him about, but he, 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 Poops on communism all the time, so that's good. Yeah, but he likes Elizabeth Warren. And yeah, he's and yeah. He's confusing. Yeah, he's very he's, confusing. I think he says that he's a political Martian. He just likes yeah. people for who they are. Who knows? But anyways, he has great history podcasts, and I think mm-hmm. that his World War One, uh, what is it called, Blueprint for Apocalypse? Blueprint for Armageddon. Okay, yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is my favorite podcast uh, series of all time. Which is a part of his hardcore history podcast. Yes. Um, I'm going to do one more. Yeah, go for it. So if, if you've seen the HBO show um, Chernobyl, there's a podcast and there's one episode, uh, you know, for each episode, there's a podcast. Mm-hmm. That is really good. It That's is. Been, that, that co- I listened to that for like a week straight. I listened to it over and over, but, um, you know. And that's not even gun related, but it is history related. There to, were people with well, guns. Well, that's part of the house. reason that I like history, though. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it's it's all tied into guns because it, yeah. all throughout history, they always, you know. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that these aren't just going to be firearms specific. Specific, podcasts. yeah. These are just yeah. things that we're into. Maybe you'll yeah. be into them if you know if you like our interests. You mm-hmm. know, if you're listening. Um, and one more thing, uh, mm-hmm. the obvious. Joe, Joe Rogan's pretty good. He has some good. You know, oh yeah, of course. He's kind of the. I think he kind of made podcasts what they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, he's. Uh, it really just with him. It it depends on what guest he has on. You know, like it's, for the most part, he's pretty good though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in general, I like him mm-hmm. as a host. Um, but, Have you ever yeah. tried DMT? God. I'm just kidding. That's a that's a famous Joe Rogan. The interdimensional vampires. Anyway. That was great. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> you, you, uh, go on with your list because I right. know that she she loves podcasts too, and she has good taste. Yeah. So I'm just gonna list. Every podcast that I have on my Apple Podcast app. Um, Don't tell people that. This should... <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. No, I'm just letting you guys know because I have I, I have so many in here, but I really only focus and listen to like a couple. So uh, I have some Civilian Medical Podcast, Common Sense with Dan Carlin, Hardcore History with Dan Carlin, Gun Freedom Radio, Gun Funny, Gun Talk, Guns, Gear, and Beer. Mm, that one's... Not a big fan. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Jocko podcast. Uh, the last podcast on the left. Lock and load uh, with Bill Fr- Brady. What the hell is his last name? I can't read it. Um, Morning coffee with Craig. Uh, that's the guy from um, Firearms Policy Coalition. Mm. Uh, the Polite S- Society podcast. Rutten River Pursuits podcast. Student of the Gun. Talking Lead. 
the Conspiracy Farm. That's a good one. Uh, Jordan Peterson podcast, This Week in Guns, Tinfoil Hat with Sam Tripoli, Wasted Ammo podcast, and We Like Shooting. So, isn't there, mm-hmm. uh, there's another gun podcast, uh, Fort Knox? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think they're available on the app on podcast, Apple. but yeah, okay. yeah. Those and, guys and there's too. also another one that's pretty cool. Uh, it, it's, it's a little bit, uh, a radical is the, uh, the e militia podcast. I oh, saw. yeah. You told me about that one recently. I yeah, haven't listened I think, to it yet. I think, uh, what was his name whiskey rebellion had a podcast mm-hmm. uh, he's he's an instagram guy that was pretty cool uh he's pretty cool but i think he might be a part of this e-militia okay podcast which is pretty mm-hmm. cool and and um i guess that's about it though right i mean mm-hmm. I, I, yeah so uh, sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say that uh podcasts are just good time killers if, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're like stuck at work and you're able to listen to something or if you're driving mm-hmm. um it's a good way to learn too because i don't i don't read well I don't, i'm not saying I'm, I'm stupid i don't read good i don't read good coach <laughs> no i'm not saying that i'm just i just mean like i don't prefer reading because i can't like listen or you can't like read and drive right or you can't yeah. read and, and, and play video games but you can listen yeah. to a podcast and that's another or even an audiobook mm-hmm. yeah i listen to a lot of audiobooks yeah, too. just 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 kind of throwing it out there as an idea just to uh, something to, for you to to try it give you mm-hmm. some recommendations yeah so i'd say just of all of the podcasts that i listen to um probably my couple of favorite ones at least at the moment because mm-hmm. it always changes is uh the two conspiracy theory podcasts i listen to mm-hmm. conspiracy farm and tinfoil hat with sam tripoli um conspiracy farm is much more serious and uh tinfoil hat is hilarious um like sam tripoli is a comedian mm-hmm. and he has comedians on but like they talk about some pretty crazy stuff well there's a lot of just just good bright sharp minds mm-hmm. you know you can pat yourself on the back Lenny. you're smart you have a podcast there's a lot of people that are pretty smart <laughs> that have podcasts even though everyone has mm-hmm. them there are some gems yeah. there are people that have good insight and they can help you learn stuff or just be entertained mm-hmm. um speaking of uh really smart people and in, in in you know people that that are gifted mm-hmm. gun designers uh topic two they are so interesting all right so we're gonna all right i wanted to say this but i didn't think that you would get this oh boy all right so in, so in like the 30s or 20s there were the yankees they had murderers row Mm-hmm. which was like four or five of the best players of all time, kind of. Yeah, I wouldn't know that. And I think of that there's kind of a murderer's row for, <laughs> for gun designers. Oh, I like that. Is it kind of a joke or is it serious? Is that weird? I don't know. It's kind of messed up. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> but it is true. All right. So, oh, so our our murderer's row <laughs> leading <laughs> off. The, okay, no, seriously. So there's like four or five dudes that have like, at least in, in the modern history, in, in our opinion, that we're going to focus on, or at mm-hmm. least that we, we're going to talk about. Uh, the person who, who everyone really thinks of, though, who, who would you say that is? Oh, uh, John Browning. John Browning. A thousand percent. Jan Moses Browning <laughs> from Utah. Right? Yeah. He's from Utah, right? Yeah, he's from Utah. Can I can I just mention my weird facts about him for a second? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so John Moses Browning, who's kind of known as like the father of firearms or the grandfather of modern firearms. Godfather I would of say modern, modern firearms. firearms yeah. Yes. Um the guy invented the slide. Yeah, he's an <laughs> impressive human. Um, but just the weirdest facts about him that I found um on the site is that he was one so of course he's a mormon because he's from utah um and his father had three wives and 22 children four 
of them were named John. That's not normal nowadays, I would say. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're in the Middle East. He was one of four Johns Hmm. out of 22 children, and his father's name was John. Like, at that point, you just call them by their middle name. Why even bother having a first name? It's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to stop. Get that out stop of the way. bringing shame to our Lord and Savior, I'm John sorry. Browning. Love you, John. All right, but tell weird us, family. Tell us some more facts about him. Do you got anything else? I got plenty. Well, so he invented the telescoping bolt design, which is what's used for every semi-auto pistol, which is basically part of the the telescoping slide. bolt design. Yes, like an Fun MP40. Fact. Yep. He invented that? Yep. That's what I mean. He's invented almost everything. So All the things. So um, he pretty much ha- made the first kind of machine gun with the potato digger thing. He took a lever action and tied something to the front of it, and the muzzle blast mm-hmm. worked the action for him. And he oh, took wow. that to the army, and I think mm-hmm. he, sh- he he made his own version of it. So he, he made one of the very first machine guns. He made like all of our machine guns in World War II and World War I, mm-hmm. uh, the Modus. 1911, obviously, which is probably one of his main claims to fame, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what else did he design? What'd you got? So I have um, a list of, this is amazing, what? of um, cartridge designs that he made. Yeah, I wanted to ask you if- And if it's he, all of them. Did he make <laughs> Did he make 45 ACP? Was that his idea? Yeah. He designed that cartridge? Are you ready for this? 25 ACP. Yeah, I knew that. 32 ACP. Knew that. 38 ACP. Didn't know that. 380 ACP. Knew that. 45 ACP. Okay. 50 BMG and 9 millimeter Browning long. I think that's like a more powerful submachine gun version of a 9 millimeter, but hmm. I'm not positive. It might have been something to do with the high power. He just invented so many things. I know. It's almost it's almost too much to comprehend onto, onto a podcast. I feel mm-hmm. like we're not doing him justice in terms of what the, the, the scope of things he's designed. So, for instance, the tilting action... Um, on a on a Glock mm-hmm. is a Browning design. Mm-hmm. So almost every pistol that has a tilting block, almost any pistol that has a slide. I mean, that's just yeah. crazy. Came from Browning. So you know, he's kind of the godfather. Didn't he invent something? I could be way off, but didn't he invent like the mag release or something? Also, yeah, that where it is underneath of the trigger guard on a 1911. That's called the, there. There's a, he, I think he patented that maybe. Mm-hmm. But that was his design. But basically, a lot of the the very very basics of every gun that that are out have their roots mm-hmm. from from. Brown. Yeah, that's uh, one thing I found was that he has the most uh, copied designs yeah. of like any so, inventor. So I'm going to just go chronologically. Sure. Just just remember, people, we didn't do him justice. We could do an entire podcast on Browning. Yeah. Next, I'm going to say Mauser. Okay. Because. I think it was late 1800s. Their bolt action design crushed everyone's. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still out. I mean, it's still being used. So something that's been designed, and I think it's um, it's got the dual lugs. It's got a really strong giant extractor. It's like a. It's basically the perfect bolt action. They designed that in like the 1890s. Mm-hmm. That design pretty much armed every single army in World War One and Two, almost other than like the M1 Grand and certain things, but. I think it was Arisaka had a, a modified Mauser, uh, uh, even mm-hmm. the, what is it, Mosin-Nagant. Pretty much every gun. I mean, almost every gun except the Lee Enfield. Hmm. Now, okay, wait, this is going to be a really dumb question. And the Mauser broom handle pistol. What we got? Oh, yeah. Um. Okay, wait, so was Mauser an actual human? Or is that... 
there's two. I think there's two brothers. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, Mauser, whoever their their block was, and this that's kind of the thing with mm-hmm. these designers is a lot of them had teams. So actually, what I'm finding, I should have done more research on Mauser beforehand. Oh no, yeah, okay, it yeah. is Wilhelm and pa- Paul. Yeah, it Mauser. was two really really smart Sorry. brothers that mm-hmm. kind of like kind of like I think colt or someone had brothers or there's been other companies where it was yeah. two really smart guys and it wasn't didn't browning have brothers and sisters or brothers and cousins that <laughs> did the gun design yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so mm-hmm. so the mauser brothers they're they're definitely up in there and i think that if it wasn't for them the whole modern same thing it would be totally mm-hmm. different because everyone would probably still be using lever actions or something i think that those are a couple of gun designers that i absolutely know the least about just mauser in general Mm -hmm. i know that one of their guns blew up in the guy's face and he lost an eye and like after that he was never the same i mean how can you blame him yeah but they to to their credit they still designed like the best bolt action ever Mm -hmm. in the 1800s and it went on to now and it's still working and it's like been copied by like every country Mm -hmm. so um next i'm gonna say kalashnikov okay Mikhail. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. if we're going chronologically, I think he's the next one. Well, I'm oh, sh- shucks. Yo. Garand. Mm-hmm. I got to throw in M1 Left Garand. He's a Canadian. So that's why I forgot him. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> oh, Cana- my mom no. is going to be so disappointed. M1 Garand. No, I love that gun. That gun's like perfect. And he made the yeah. machinery to make the guns. Mm-hmm. But that gun took like 20 years, I think. He's, it's, they started that project like right, right after World War One. Mm-hmm. So M1 Garand, he's in the lineup too. He's pretty mm-hmm. damn. Okay. M1 Grand guy. What's his name? John Cantius. I, I couldn't tell you. I promise you his middle name is weird. John Cantius Grand. What is his middle name? Let me find Okay, out. well, anyways, Kalashnikov stole his rotating bolt design. Really? Yes. Oh. Kind of stole it. If, if you look at it, the M1 and the AK have a lot in common. Cantius is indeed his middle name. Cantius, yep. What a weird-ass middle name. Canadian guy. Hmm. Okay, so anyways, yep. Kalashnikov. Oh God, and he was from Quebec. Ugh. Oh, you know what else? You know Sorry, what else Mauser like made? What? I think the I think Mauser did the STG forty four. Really? It was either them or it was, it was like the Germany German I commit Germany <laughs> Germany. <laughs> it was like their their designers, and I think Mauser made them. Remember they made mm-hmm. like the 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 Garato six, which is like the uh, the G three. No, it was it was made by Hugo Schmeiser. Oh, Schmeiser, that's the other Schmeiser. one. Schmeiser. is another yeah. one from Germany. Okay, well either way. So Kalashnikov always gets he 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 doesn't get credit because people say that he copied the Schmeiser MP44. Mhm. And um so what it was was Mauser made their own version of that gun, but it didn't get it didn't win. Oh. And they made the G43, which right. was their big semi-auto, which was trying to be like an M1 Grand. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yes. Hope we're not losing you guys yet. Yeah, we're kind of all over the place with this one, but there's just a lot no, of... but we're sticking to people with yeah. Browning, you know, Grand. All right, so classic. Uh, you didn't mention, I know we, we had talked about this before the podcast, um, but you didn't mention Samuel Colt. I'm sticking to modern okay. stuff. Okay. Because you could go he's back too to... Old. Yeah, he's too old. Because you right. could go way back to... Mm-hmm. We're, we're just doing like John Browning, Mauser era on. So basically, mostly, smokeless yeah, like smokeless 1900s. powder, Spitzer cartridge, which is yeah. the pointed cartridge, which mm-hmm. cartridge, which I think Mauser invented too. Oh. Yeah, like the stripper clip? Yeah. Mauser. Hmm. So that's what I mean. There's there's a handful of guys that pretty much 
designed everything that's being used today. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, a bazillion unsung designers. Yeah. Um. So basically, Kalashnikov doesn't get a lot of credit because people say that he stole people's right. designs. Right. Which isn't true. It's just kind of a... Well, and didn't he have like German designers working with him on the AK project? From what I've gathered, it's that they helped with the stamping process with the with making them. Okay. The design was his. Okay. But the Germans helped in the engineering process of manufacturing. Okay. Makes so that's sense. that's that. But basically with Kalashnikov, he's did other guns, the PKM, which is like the number one machine gun even today in terms of mm-hmm. like robustness and all that stuff. I mean, what would you expect? Right. So he, Kalashnikov's definitely up there. <laughs> all right. And then Eugene. Yeah. Eugene Stoner. Um, AR-15 and all of the variants. Well, I'm going to say AR-10. Okay. Because he made the AR-10 in his garage. Right. In California, in LA, which yeah. I think is ironic. <laughs> did you know that? Yes, I did. Mm. You did know that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I was researching this just the other day. Oh. Well, I, wasn't, sh- I, I wasn't saying you didn't know it. I, just I like, know stuff. Mm. Okay. So he, he did the <laughs> AR-10 in his garage. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't really do well with the trials and stuff like that. He sold it on the commercial market, and then the army, you know, they wanted it to make it to the two two three Remington. Mm-hmm. So he gave it off to a guy named Jim Sullivan and someone else, and then it was converted to the right. AR fifteen. But he also made a lot of other, or you know, he made other guns too. Mm-hmm. Do you know what he, the other ones he made? All of the different variants. <laughs> There's like an AR eighteen and yeah. AR... That was pretty good. I didn't expect you to get AR-18. Yeah, I know some stuff. Sorry, I feel like Mike has very low expectations for me when it comes to gun designers. No, I think you did pretty good. So so he also (laughs) designed the AR-18 or the AR-180, which that gas system actually is is used in like every modern gun nowadays. Mm -hmm. Every modern piston gun. Oh. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is interesting. Almost all of them stole that design. Well, and we didn't even actually mention the M16, which whatever. Everyone... Well, that's the same as... That's the AR-15. Yeah. But that's that's what that guy Jim Sullivan helped him on. So he's kind of one of the one of the unsung, unsung heroes. That I think I remember another thing. Didn't he make something called the Stoner rifle? Stoner sixty three. Ha ha. That's what I went. That's what I thought you would okay. say. Okay. So anyway, so he made a really good machine gun called the AR. Uh, or sorry, the Stoner sixty three. Mm-hmm. And he made the AR eighteen, which was like a stamped version of the AR fifteen. Okay. Um. But yeah, he made a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah, Eugene Stoner is designs, and, and he came from a background with uh, and or flight, jets. yeah, jets. Yeah, um, and then what? Gaston Glock. Do you yeah, think? I think Glock was the last guy that really he deserves some recognition. Yeah, Glock was the last guy that really brought something to the table that was like completely. I mean, some of the mm-hmm. HK guns could could get shout outs like some of the P O seven or some of the first, you know, guns mm-hmm. like that. What about Walther? Uh, he's kind of mixed in there with Mauser because around mm-hmm. in that in that time period, uh, Mauser, Walther, Schmeiser, they all kind of I feel like they were like in competition, but they kind of like worked together, and right. I think they made each other's designs at certain points in the war. I'm not positive on that, mm-hmm. but those three companies I kind of see them as like the same entity. Okay, yeah, that's just fair. in terms historically nowadays, obviously that's not the same. Mauser is completely different than yeah. Walther. I have a weird fun fact about Gaston Glock. Is it something about his wife? Yep. All right, let's hear it. Oh, okay, hold on. So Gaston Glock is great. Yeah. Or at least his guns are great. We don't know yes. if he's great. He could yeah. be. He sounds okay. Seems like 
personally he might not be great but he does make fantastic designs uh so in 2011 he divorced his wife and married his much younger nurse and he also fired his kids from his own company and his ex-wife sued the company uh for all kinds of uh stuff like um i think it was embezzlement and fraud yeah like i knew that saying that he he was like committing I think all kinds this was of crazy around, crimes this was near like before he died right was this like the mm-hmm. 90s or no, no no this was like pretty recent, recent. yeah i remember yeah. hearing about all this mm-hmm. it was just crazy to me because he, he what was he like 80 or something I was, he so was the, old. okay so glock basically i think they made like knives and like cutlery right or like pans mm-hmm. they made like stuff that weren't guns and then they, what they did was they con- contracted out uh, different groups of people from either law enforcement, competition, design, blah, blah, blah. And they put together like a think tank on how to make a, the perfect gun. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got the Glock. And I think people really like kind of laughed at it at first. But now it's like, it's like the gun yeah. to have. It's like the new gun. Well, and the interesting thing when, was it like the first, the, um, was it the first um, polymer? Uh, no, that was handgun? the HK. Okay. HK made the first. That's what I was saying. They, there's there's right. There's tons of unsung heroes in this ball game. Yeah. But there's the, the main like five or six though that like because mm-hmm. I know it was a big deal um when Glocks did become kind of more popular. Was it like in the eighties or so? Mm, kind of. It was like early nineties, I think. Okay. I know that um I have when I was studying like anti gun uh propaganda, mm-hmm. a lot of um a lot of commercials and advertisements were about how these brand new plastic guns were going to be able to get through any metal detector even though like yeah there was 90 percent is metal there was a line <laughs> in um what was it um die hard 2 where he said like that's a glock it like yeah it's made yeah. of ceramic and it's like no and he's like it can get through metal airport detectors and yeah, it's like no and he's like silly. it costs more than what you make and in three months it's like no <laughs> <laughs> like everything he said was wrong so um, yeah, so uh, I want to touch on a couple things real quick as when we're talking about gun designers too, mm-hmm. is um, one thing that's really notable is that there has pretty much never, at least not in my research that I could find, been a successful major female, female firearms designer. Yeah. That's something that I've I've mentioned before that mm-hmm. there's not many female inventors, and I think that. A lot of people would come up with a lot of different reasons why that isn't the case Mm -hmm. uh, or why that is the case. Yeah. Um, But let's just hear the the facts right now, what we got. Right. So um, there have been a few like husband-wife duos, but uh, one of the examples is the Hudson H9. Uh, but they're they crashed and they, burned. Yeah, they, I mean they were, a, but they were so such. It they was were, a big deal though. They were part of my French. Out. They were hot shit when they came out. Yes, like, they were. That, that gun was so cool, and like the trigger idea, everything was such a cool idea, and they were such a cool couple. Yeah. And then uh, there's some some different ideas about what happened, but basically they're completely like. Mm-hmm. I think they all they are left is like someone that owes banks money. Yeah. So think about that. That's yeah. So she she was like part designer. I, I believe so. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think they like kind of worked. I think they were like decent guns, but yeah. I know that there are people with broken ones. Right. That and have nothing to do like with them. And it's like, it's a paperweight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So whatever. Um, High Point is also owned by like a husband wife okay. um, couple, but I don't know. I couldn't find information about the actual design of the firearm. Oh, that's probably um, the guy or he yeah. probably paid. Oh, someone to you do can't. It. I don't know. Oh, really? Uh, anyway. Um, I can't come to that conclusion without well you don't know i know 
You don't even know who designed it. Oh, well, who designed the next woman gun? Uh, none of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, uh, that's yeah. why. Uh, so probably the most prominent... Um, Good point, though. Thank you. Uh, the most prominent um, female who has contributed to the firearms world uh, is Stephanie Kwolek. She was the inventor of Kevlar. Okay. So not a wasn't gun, that like DuPont- but that's a pretty that, big deal. Uh, DuPont? The, the the company with that they make like rubber oh, as um, well or something yeah that They'd, sounds right yeah I and think I, and I so. think that the okay um and then That's another kind of gun related kind of yeah uh another invention that I was able to find that was actually done by an all female team of like four designers oh, this is good. <laughs> was um the five four five by eighteen millimeter uh cartridge. Which, uh, when I Googled that cartridge... I had to Google it, too. I was like, 545 by 18? Right. It sounds, you know, huh? like... It's very simple. Sounds like stupid. We know that it's like a Russian, you know, cartridge, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then when I Googled it, one of the first things that came up was five worst Russian handguns on the planet. Yes. <laughs> and so, so there are like three or four you guns know what that I were learned, designed for this cartridge, I, and it's terrible. I learned from Chernobyl that uh, the Soviet Union was kind of progressive when it came to allowing women to practice certain things mm-hmm. that were more taboo here. Yeah. So it's not surprising to me that, that it, Russia tried... <laughs> To, to let a team of women design there you a pistol. Go, ladies. And they're like, we come with 545-18. We cut in half 545. Was that Borat? The women <laughs> in Soviet Russia, yes. They come with you with good pistol and you're making bad pistol now. What the hell accent is that? I don't know. That does not sound Russian. Comrade. <laughs> That's better. Um, and then just the last thing is um, this lady, Heidi Lamar, who is actually, um, she was... She fled Germany during World War II, and she actually became a, a, apparently a big star in Hollywood. And um, she invented like a missile defense system, which um, it her original invention didn't end up really uh, getting used by the military. But then, what she designed helped like build, I guess, current missile defense systems. So, so. she built she built like the original platform, and then they appro- right. improved on it. Right. Okay. So that's kind of cool. That's uh, but you know, not a whole lot coming out of the ladies for firearms. Well, that, there's not a lot coming so. out of the the ladies in the baseball world either. That's fair. So, hmm. all right, no more designer <laughs> baseball gun lineup talk. All right. Star- sorry, that was corny. So, anyways, uh, almost all these designers. Um, I guess one of them we didn't quite mention was the guy that did the FAL. Hmm. I can't remember his name. Fabrizio. Probably he's Belgian or something like that. But that mm-hmm. guy, that guy also helped. I think on the high power too. He's kind of a, he's a you know one like I was saying, I'm kind of a overlooked one. But anyways, battle rifles is our next mm-hmm. topic. So can you explain to me in detail what exactly uh, quantifies as a battle rifle uh, in the dictionary of the gun world? Uh, going off the top of my brain. That's what I want. All right, I would say it is basically a full rifle cartridge, mm-hmm. semi-automatic rifle yeah so yeah basically the difference wait did you say is, semi-auto yeah it doesn't have to or be oh yeah it doesn't need to be select fire or Sorry. semi-auto yeah that i could i could talk about that for a minute just in general sure. just um so a lot of these guns so they're bigger mm-hmm. so rather than like a quote-unquote assault rifle right you know storm rifle like like the intermediate round guns these have you know like hunting caliber guns right um most of them you don't really shoot them in full auto yeah, that would be 
pretty difficult to I've, control. I've never shot a full caliber, full auto gun, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I would but, love to, but I don't now, know how well I would do it. We should also uh, comment that a battle rifle is like an individual, uh, I guess, person's rifle. It's not like like a mounted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? You're still supposed to carry it, and they're still right. pretty darn big guns. Right. So, so, anyways, a lot of these guns, when they were trying to get sold to certain militaries, they would have people that were trained to shoot, you know, full auto. Uh, full cartridge guns but mm-hmm. when you give them to regular soldiers they like can't handle it yeah it's just like ah! <laughs> so Too much. yeah and I, I can't speak on it because i've never done it i might be able to control it but apparently mm-hmm. the average person like cannot hold down a full auto 308 on target at you know i at can't certain imagine i i definitely wouldn't be able to i, I would <laughs> like to think that i might be able to just because yeah. i'm bigger but yeah. I, don't, I don't know but anyway so mm-hmm. just as some examples um, some of the most iconic battle rifles, especially throughout history, they've really made a big difference. Mm-hmm. So what was the kind of one of the original battle rifles? Uh, we mentioned it earlier. An AR-10? No. Nope. Close. What came, What was the AR-10 trying to replace? Mm. M1. Oh, the M1 Garand. The M1 Garand. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so like the M1 Garand. <laughs> Sorry. The SVT-40. Which is the Russian version yeah. of that, which might have came a, a little what bit. What am I thinking? Jeez. I don't know. <laughs> you were thinking probably more along the line of full auto. So the M14 yeah. was a full auto M1 Grand, essentially, with mm-hmm. a box magazine. Um, but so some of the more uh, iconic ones, uh, the FAL, mm-hmm. the G3, the AR-10, um, the SCAR is like the new fancy, yeah. fancy one. I'm not a big fan of the SCAR. I think they're pretty cool, but I don't think I would own one. I think I would prefer an AR-10, but I'm not positive. Yeah. uh, No, I think I would actually prefer a SCAR to an AR-10. What's your reasoning? It's just like more standard? Because that's one thing about AR-10s is that there's no Mm -hmm. military standard. Because I mean, I think there's like the SR-25, which is like a knight's arm and sniper rifle for the the army uses. Mm -hmm. But other than that, there's not really a standard AR-10 design. Yeah. I don't know. Scar- I don't really have a good reason Scar's for it. Scar's just a little goofy for me. Yeah, I've just, I don't know. I've shot it a few times and I okay. just prefer it. There's also the, uh, sorry to cut you off, the Desert oh, desert Tech something. It's like a bullpup. Mm. I just don't like bullpups. I don't in like bullpups either. Just from the ones I've shot. I don't, mm. I don't know. But anyways, out of all these, I would I was just saying that I, I would prefer probably an AR-10 or FAL. But mm-hmm. some people say that G3 is the way to go. No, um, yeah, I mean, when I say those, G three, sorry to cut you off. You're good. Again, the G three and I, where we live would be like the um, uh, what is what is that company called that makes them? Uh, mm, set me. No, well, no. set me was the Sp- was Spanish the, company oh, okay. that was the original one. Right. So the Germans made the G three in Germany, and then after World War Two ended, they had to skip town and they went to Spain. And then Spain, the company set me, mm-hmm. started making the G3. And then Germany eventually came back and was like, okay, we'll buy the, the, the G3 right. back from you. But where we live, it's made by another company. There's two companies. It's a, a P- PTR. Okay. PTR 91. That's not listed. Anywhere. I think that that's the one it is. PTR 91. <laughs> that's that's the G3 in America, basically. If you're wrong, we'll make a uh, correction on the next episode. That's fine. I think. I'm just kidding. It is listed here. I think the Zenith. <laughs> I think Zenith also might make one that's a full, you know, full caliber. It's in in the G3 is just a full auto version. And like I was saying about these guns, they they're rough mm-hmm. to shoot. They're hard to shoot. Mm-hmm. So, but they're they're nonetheless important. And I think that nowadays armies are scattering it. Ooh. 
<laughs> Mike just like <laughs> rotated the microphone <laughs> away from Gosh, his face. Sloppy podcast. That's pretty funny. Fun and sloppy, you know. Ew. Uh, anyways, what else do you have to say about battle rifles? Well, I was just saying that nowadays they're mixing them in more because, like, say for instance, I think I've heard in in stories that you know I don't I don't really do anything, but I've heard stories that <laughs> like the five five six and the seven six two by thirty nine, you know, the two intermediate rounds, they don't really go through uh, like little mud mud huts or whatever mm-hmm. or little mud mounds yeah mm-hmm. things like that where these rounds will go right through that and the other thing too is that the yardage mm-hmm. in the desert having a 200 meter or 300 meter gun is stupid because everything is like a thousand yards away yeah what is the effective range of a battle rifle generally about a thousand okay 800 mm-hmm. 500 i mean it, it, the, yeah. the bullet's heavy enough that it can get there and they can still do damage where with the you know like a 55 grain if you shoot someone at six to to a thousand yards with that, it's got mm-hmm. the you know the pro- ballistics of like a twenty two right. magnum or something. Yeah. Um. Do you think? I guess like what what's the primary reason that somebody might own a battle rifle? You can hunt with it. Mm-hmm. You you it's just it's just a more powerful version. Yeah. Of what you know what we prefer generally and what most armies prefer, mm-hmm. but it's proving to be that kind of a necessity. Mm-hmm. at times you know kind of like right. with full auto there's sometimes you don't really need it or you know most of the time you don't need it but it's good to have right this is kind of like One that of with yardage yeah. yeah that makes sense so basically they were like the fal was called the right arm of the free world for like a couple decades to give you mm-hmm. an idea this is kind. it's kind of like an outdated concept that was really big in like the 40s 50s 60s 70s Kind of started getting pushed to pushed away, eighties, nineties, two thousands, but it's kind of making a comeback. Mm-hmm. So we'll just put it that way. But like someone I've seen have, you know, with these pistol braces, I've seen like ten inch barreled FALs. You know, that would be a oh my. that'd be a badass setup. It'd be a flamethrower. Yeah, but if you <laughs> wanted to reach out and hit something at five hundred yards, even with like a ten inch barrel, you're mm-hmm. way better off with a three oh eight than a five five six. Hmm. All right, so this might be a, uh, another dumb question, just because I don't have that much familiarity with battle rifles. Yeah. Uh, but when I think about like intermediate car- cartridge mm-hmm. rifles, like AR-15s and such, um, I think about like all of the different accessories that people yeah. put on them. I feel like with battle rifles, that isn't really a thing because they're much heavier. Is that? I mean, yeah, like, do people still put a lot of accessories well, on? Well, most like, of the time they'll have big them? scopes on them. A lot mm-hmm. of the times you, you they'll be as D, DMRs, like designate, designated marksman rifles. Like mm-hmm. you'll have one or two guys in a platoon with a bipod and a and a scope. Okay. So, like, they don't quite like. For instance, with ARs, you see a lot of guys with like lasers and D balls and right. lights and, and and magnifiers. With the with the battle rifles, normally. It would be like either a scope or a red dot with like maybe a bipod, sometimes maybe a light, but generally they're not loaded down with as much crap. Hmm. Generally. Okay. Do you they ever are see, heavier. Do you ever see any foregrips on them? What, like a pistol one with a foregrip? A 308 pistol with a foregrip? That would be pretty know. badass, wouldn't Can't it? Do wait, it that's, wait, that's an AOW, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, uh, so next topic is the uh, the the new eight or newish. Or just I'd say just, just ATF ruling. Yeah, because I was gonna say since yeah. I've been into guns, it's like almost every year they'll put out some letter to either make some new rule or to retract a previous rule. <laughs> yeah, or or you know just kind of totally playing with the law and mm-hmm. it. So they aren't laws, but they're adjustments right. to laws. And we thought this was interesting that 
the ATF, it used to be in the Department of Treasury. Right. Now they're in the Department of Justice. Right. So the, so the IRS, I think, is the only other branch or the other, well, not branch, but. Well, no. So. Were there other ones? There are, there are other that make adjustments. agencies that make rulings. That make adjustments yeah. that make rulings. So right. like, for instance, they can't make a new law. Right. But they can technically clarify old laws or enhance them in how they, in, you know, in their interpretation. Yeah. So it's total BS. I All mean, right. we so, don't condone any of this. <laughs> so let's We're just back explaining up. it. Okay. Let's back up a little bit. So sorry. It's all right. You're just excited. I understand. So, um, all right. So I went to the ATF's website and uh, what they say their responsibilities are, and I quote, ATF's responsibilities include the investigation and prevention of federal offenses involving the unlawful use, manufacture, and possession of firearms and explosives, acts of arson and bombings, and illegal trafficking of alcohol and tobacco products. The ATF also regulates via licensing, the sale, possession, and transportation of firearms, ammunition, and explosives in interstate commerce. Now, how do they do this? They have open letters rulings and the department of justice regulations so the easiest way to explain is an open letter when the atf issues one of these is kind of a less formal clarification about a ruling or a regulation a ruling on the other hand is a little bit more formal of an interpretation of the requirements of laws and regulations both are horrible gray areas. So you've gone and over I my head. Them. You've already confused me. This is always right. an underlying thing with all this stuff is that it's confusing as hell. Yes. Um. So we've seen in court there was a guy that had a four or they had he had like a modified. Uh, he put like a uh, a cane, the end of a cane, like a rubber end. Mm-hmm. What would you call it? Like a cap, cane cap. I don't know. <laughs> rubber cane cap on the end yeah. of his buffer tube, and that he like sense. taped it on. I think he had a foregrip. And it, it, they didn't even like hear the case. They like threw mm-hmm. it out immediately. So that's only like one person. But this newest, newest uh, stuff, you know, we're mm-hmm. just we're just kind of saying like the only evidence so far is that it hasn't stuck to anyone. Right. So what a lot of times what happens is when they write these letters, it's literally just a new person's interpretation of a rule mm-hmm. or a law. And this is a really really frustrating part about this particular government agency because. Any new person that gets into power in the agency, like the um, any new director or deputy director or acting director in this case, mm-hmm. um, can just go through any rule or regulation or whatever and just say, you know what? I didn't really like the way that we interpreted this before. Let's change it. Well, they did that with pistol braces because originally mm-hmm. they said you can't shoulder it. Then they came back and they said you can shoot it however you want. Right. That was a that in that case, you know. That was a good. That thing. was like a lesser of two evils type thing. But then they did it with bump stocks. And then they did it with so, bump stocks, which is just absolutely crazy. But anyways, so hold on. This so newest I, ruling. Can we get to the new? ruling? I just want to make sure that people understand just a better example of how clearly awful this can be. Okay. So, like back in I believe it was 2012, the ATF made a ruling on bump stocks and said cool, these are good to go. No problem. You can have these. And then last year, they just decided to change that and said, nope, these are machine guns now. And I think... Just imagine, like, what kind of power that is that a government agency... Like, it it wasn't like a law that passed or anything. It was just a different interpretation. Of a definition. Yeah, that's it. It it was like the stroke of a pen. They're illegal. And if you have one, it's like a felony and blah, blah, blah. And it's like... 1984. They just change definitions whenever they want. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, 
But so this new uh, this new ruling, what happened more recently? Sorry, I, I mostly wanted to cover kind of the overall what the ATF can do with these rulings and why they're very, very frustrating for mm-hmm. gun owners, because literally any day they can just wake up and say, you know what? We don't like that anymore. We're going to change it. But yeah, they've and proven it. they've proven to to do that over and over. So this the newer the newest one, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of hazy at f- this whole time about right. what was considered a firearm. So to so to really to explain it in, in completion, if if a gun is measured from um, the back of the gun, that's this is originally what everyone thought. Mm-hmm. If you measure it from the back of the gun to the to the edge of the barrel, or you know the front of the barrel, not the edge of the muzzle muzzle mm-hmm. device. If it's over 26, or was it 26 and a half? I think it was 26 inches. If it's over that, you can have a foregrip, and it's not considered a pistol because it's not concealable. Right. Right. So people were buying folders and putting folding stocks, folding stocks on these mm-hmm. guns, and people were using the brace as a measurement device. Right. So, for instance, on an AK, there's no buffer tube, so the brace on it is totally unnecessary. So therefore, it to could, the function to of the, the gun. function of the gun. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the brace is not a part of that measurement. Mm-hmm. Where we didn't really know that. And there was at one point, I think you asked someone. Yeah. So I actually, I had asked uh, my buddy from the American Suppressor Association mm-hmm. if we could put a foregrip on your Draco. With which a brace. A brace. And it was it. like 29 inches with the brace. So I was like, right. oh, you know, maybe it's good. Right. And then when I asked my friend, he was like, uh, I wouldn't he, do he that. Told, he said, absolutely don't do that. Yeah. So we kind of had an idea. So I was like, all right, I won't do that. You even know. though, even though in an ATF letter, they basically said like it was kind of okay at one point. Yeah, previously it, we it didn't was know. Just very that's confusing. that's what I mean. That's what this letter does is it kind of clears off the confusion a bit. So, anyways, and, with, with ARs and sorry, I just want to add in the original letter about um, pistol braces, mm-hmm. um, they specifically mentioned SB Tactical by name. So in that case, you could also interpret their letter to mean that any other brace by any other company be would, covered would by not that be covered. letter. Which isn't a law, yeah. which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, the buffer tube of an AR pistol is necessary to to it to its shooting. So you can measure from the back of the buffer tube. Right. But if it's folded, you have to measure it from where it's folded. So basically, a lot of people just sold their folders and put their foregrip on and made mm-hmm. their gun twenty six inches or whatever. And it's like. Me personally, I don't even think foregrips are that great. And I'm not saying like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need a foregrip. You don't need a bump stock. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I would take a folding stock mm-hmm. over the, the stupid foregrip. That's my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, it's just so frustrating that, that you can't do what you want. Yeah, you can't put That's a, the an accessory part. on your firearm. Like you can't put a piece of plastic on your firearm. Yeah. Or else it's now like a felony. Something else. So there was, there was one video where a guy was basically explaining that foregrips don't even make a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's like, well, are you saying we shouldn't have them? Or are you saying like, what's the point of the law? There's no difference. Right. So, you know, and, and like, for instance, it says it has to be exactly 90 degrees vertical. That's what it says according to the law. Oh, yeah. So I've, I've so seen the BCM that, grip yeah, is like 89 degrees. Foregrips but, are like, fine. but like, that's a guy, that's a damn foregrip. What are you talking about? So, so it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the hell to think. So like, for yeah. instance, the uh, I was gonna I was thinking about putting a Romanian dong handguard, which is probably like 110 degrees. It goes mm-hmm. off a different direction. Is that yeah. okay on an AK pistol? Because then it's just an angled foregrip, right? So I, I, it's still confusing as hell with all these rules. Yeah. But what they said basically was that you have to measure it folded. You can't measure the brace as part of the gun. Mm-hmm. And people lost their minds. Yeah, and it, which is understandable because mm-hmm. it's all tyrant BS. 
Well, yeah. It's draconian. Draconian laws for you law people. We don't follow laws. <laughs> law people. <laughs> You're yeah. under the law. So I, I think um, for people who are listening who aren't as familiar with firearms, if you're confused, you probably should be. Yeah. Because like we're confused. Almost every time we've <laughs> talked about ATF or ATF rulings or, you know, just the way that they've handled themselves, we're always confused on why they mm -hmm. do what they do. Yeah. They're just confusing as shit. And so one question that I would pose to our listeners is... You know, the purpose of the judicial branch of government is to interpret the law. So why is an executive branch government agency interpreting the laws? Why are they doing this? It should be the, the courts, right? I mean, that's yeah the purpose but, of judges uh, yeah. to interpret the law. So it's... Frustrating. It's very frustrating. And I actually, so I asked a friend of mine from the FBI to see if the FBI does anything similar to this because mm -hmm. you know, I can, uh, I you don't mean know, as, or as, like as far the as DEA. Rulings, yeah, as far as like basically just deciding what laws mean. And it gets you thrown in jail, even if you, mm -hmm. even if it doesn't stick in court, you still will have to sit in jail. Right. To your Straight court, to jail. Know. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, anyways, riddle me this. Yeah. When you pay NFA tax, does mm -hmm. it go straight to the ATF? I don't know where the hell it goes. Don't you write the check to the ATF? Mm, I don't know. Or do you write? So that's just something I've I've said. I feel like that's a question for firearm freedom. Yeah, I think it probably is because I don't like like I've heard ATF people be like we're underfunded, and I'm like, well, maybe <laughs> we should buy more suppressors and send you more money. <laughs> you know, I'm just that's how I see it, kind of where it's like I don't feel comfortable giving that organization my money, even if yeah. But it, that might not be the case. I could be totally wrong. Mm -hmm. It might go to you know, wherever excellent place our tax money you might go to. But I'm pretty sure that it doesn't just like unless there's like an NFA, you know, like like bank account it goes to <laughs> like a government <laughs> like here's your money, guys. We give mm -hmm. it back to you. But hmm. anyway, so I think what happened there was I think we might have talked about this before. There was a group in what, Massachusetts or something like that that was selling folding stocks with AR pistols with with foregrips on them mm -hmm. so the atf i think they might have like confiscated the guns that they had there which is stupid because they shouldn't they shouldn't they just confiscate the foregrip yeah <laughs> give it that full grip really good point i mean you could literally and you have the um what is it like that quick yeah, yeah just rip it right off it takes a half a second yeah so anyways and i think they contacted the people that had bought these guns and what in a Fortunately, they didn't confiscate those people's guns. They called them and told them to remove the foregrip. Oh, how polite. How polite of those people. Is... Assholes. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So anyway, speaking of, of you know, BS, uh, <laughs> going to our next topic, uh, it's it's just going to be, we're, it's going to be very vague. We're just going to kind of shoot the stuff, but it's called dodging bullets, like close calls, uh, the importance of not getting shot. Sure. Okay. So anyway, so so BS well, going along our BS lines. So it's in Virginia, of, what happened this last what like 2 weeks ago? Yeah, uh well, I was just going to say the this topic is just kind of an umbrella for like four smaller topics that we wanted to cover. Um this goes back to uh, my brother's question about armed citizens. We're mm -hmm. going to talk about how we recently dodged a whole bunch of bullets in Virginia with gun, uh, with gun control. Yep. Um, that was on July 9th. There was a special session. Texas shooting. Yep. There was the uh, t Texas. Uh, oh, I guess you say shooting. Guy got whoever. shot. And there, a Washington guy, that uh, Antifa guy got shot by police oh, trying, yeah. to, trying to blow up ice trucks. He didn't. Yeah. Um, there was a Virginia shooting with with the guy that apparent, apparently. 
Virginia used a Beach. silencer, yeah. Yeah. And and just kind of to talk about these shootings and, and, and dodging bullets is that and that's gun free zones. Yeah. One of the best way to dodge bullets is to shoot back. Yep. So I actually have a fun fun fact about um gun free zones. So um one of the best or most reliable sources for this kind of information, I'd say if you want to get like really into the weeds on statistics and data and research on armed citizen cases is uh, the Crime Prevention Research Center with Dr. John R. Lott. Um, That's where I get almost all of my information. He's probably the number one guy studying this stuff right now. So according to one of his studies, um, 97.8% of mass shootings occur in gun-free zones. That's a lot more than they had probably planned when they made that law. Right. Hmm. How Um, did you get in here with that? (laughs) How? Okay, sorry. We said no guns. How? That's not funny. It really Uh, isn't funny. No, I know. It's actually, it's the worst. Um... So, all right. So I guess I, I kind of want to just start on that topic and armed citizens preventing crime and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so another interesting stat is that uh, 92% of shootings that occurred in the vicinity uh, uh, or in which an armed citizen shot back. Was there, yeah. Um, that armed citizen was successful uh, or ha- has been successful, I guess, um, in 92% of cases. So literally, like nine out of 10 armed citizens that shoot back yeah. stop shooters. Why would you want to carry a gun, you crazy psychopath? God. And it's like, it's like uh, I've heard, you know, I love quoting James Jaeger. He always says <laughs> it's like having a fire extinguisher for a crazy person. Huh. That's a really good point. I like that. Hmm. Put him down. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so just honestly, there I hear about uh, because I'm looking at, for this because you're not going to hear this in the news, just generally. Oh, really? You won't hear what we're saying on the news? I know it's crazy. Thank you. But I, I think take pride in it. Just generally, I mean, because I'm out there searching for this information, I really do find armed citizen stories at least once a week if yeah. not more of, of mass shootings or just people saving their skin uh people saving their skin same same thing um, yeah. yeah yeah it's like the whole gun save lives yeah. stickers i mean it's it, it is mm-hmm. not a, a, a fallacy or or like a rumor that right. that being armed is good about mm-hmm. 90% of the time yeah and i mean we've mentioned this before that uh there are estimates of about 500,000 lives are generally saved each year because of armed citizens Mm -hmm. that's so many oh i know and when you compare that to the thirty thousand or so that are killed each year with guns and that includes like a two-thirds of that is suicide Mm -hmm. um but when you're looking at those numbers like thirty thousand deaths compared to five hundred thousand saved yeah that you don't you don't hear about that that's huge and so to me, when uh, yeah. I hear about gun control, I just think about like these people want 500,000 more people to die. Yeah, because, but, uh, well, I was just going to say the, the biggest thing, like they say, oh, we're not taking your guns. We're just taking your assault rifles. Yeah. Look at this Texas thing where that guy showed mm-hmm. up at a cor- Texas courthouse right. with an AR-15. He looked he looked like a fake soldier, but he, he had like everything that he had, like everything that, that the media would think you would buy right. to be one of these mass High shooters. High capacity magazines. High capacity super fast bullet gun and he got he got clapped in the chest by a guy like mm-hmm. a fat 
secu- like like ra- like Ranger Rick guy standing there, shot him dead in the chest. Yep. And it's like, oh, so having an AR-15 doesn't make you a deadly assault me- weapon machine, and it just right. takes someone that knows how to shoot and it's armed and within the vicinity mm-hmm. to end the threat because it's just right. So that was one thing you saw if you saw the pictures. He got hit square dead yep. in the middle of the chest. Just done. Yeah. So. That that's that should that when it comes mm-hmm. to dodging bullets. That he armor. did not. He did not dodge bullets. <laughs> he he should have had both of these friggin' guys. <laughs> yeah. If, uh. Well, and so and that also brings me to the Virginia Beach shooting. Mm-hmm. What was so horrible that I heard about recently was that uh, one of the women who was murdered in that shooting, her husband came out and said that the night before, she had talked. They had talked about her bringing her gun to work. Because, because she was out. scared yeah. of this guy um, because he was, you know, like being reprimanded or something at work. And they decided together that she was not going to take her gun because the government building that she was in was a gun-free gun zone. zone. So she didn't want to break and the law. She got killed. And she got killed. I think that's what you would call letting the tail wag the dog. What? You you let the tail wag the dog like you're letting the stupid part of you make the decision for right. you. Because mm-hmm. you know... That if it's something you want to do, you should be able to do it. And that's right. the sad thing. And mm-hmm. what bothers me about the like arming teachers where people are like, let's arm teachers. And we might have we might have even said this before. It's mm-hmm. like we don't want people to carry that don't want to. We right. just want people that want to carry to be allowed to. Right. And people just just can't get that through their heads and they just spin it to so it's like, you want kids to have guns too? Mm-hmm. So it's it's just crazy. But anyways, um as stupid as it may seem um having some sort of armor i think it's smart when it comes mm-hmm. to dodging bullets as stupid as that may sound if something yeah. were to happen even if you had like one of those backpacks you're right right something because if or, or like if you're not carrying maybe you have one of those bulletproof backpacks you can hide behind <laughs> it like throw yeah use wasp spray or something <laughs> bulletproof backpack and wasp spray that's not bad there you go yeah just for options when you're Boogly in a government government free <laughs> gun gun zone you know but i think there were like cops Mm-hmm. you know down uh in that building or something like that it took him a while to get there and i'm pretty I, i'm pretty sure i've heard from different people that like he didn't even use a silencer but it had something to do with that court case coming up oh at the virginia at, beach shooting yeah the virginia mm-hmm. yeah, apparently the virginia beach guy like didn't even use a silencer but the, mm-hmm. the media said he did because there was a supreme court case being heard oh about uh an mm-hmm. ex a vet Mm-hmm. Who had who had made one and oh, got in trouble and yeah, they were yeah, they were challenging the law. I think mm-hmm. I think that some of the gun policy places yeah. were helping them, but I think that was like mm-hmm. that was probably false. <gasps> false flag. But um yeah, and so but what happened though in Virginia here after that Virginia Beach shooting? Yeah, after the big Virginia Beach shooting. Governor Ralph Northam. Blackface guy. Freaking thorn in my and, side, and like, uh, was it him or the people under him that all got accused of also like harassing a girl sexually? Oh yeah, yeah, I think it was. He's him. just surrounded He's in scandal. He's just a monster. Yeah. So our our current governor, he, um, if you haven't heard, a uh, not too long ago, I, I guess probably a few months or so, I can't even remember. Um, he this image, uh, from his yearbook surfaced of. Him wearing blackface, uh, posing with like a guy in a KKK hood. Um, or actually, I'm not even sure if uh, some people said that he was the blackface guy. Some people said that he was the KKK. I guy. don't know what's worse. Either way, Either way it's super it racist. Look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you go to his Facebook page, though, of course, every single picture is him, him with black with a minority of some kind. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, to try and make up for it. But this 
this whole entire so he called a special session in Virginia, which basically means that the legislature was already adjourned and he is forcing them all to come back um, for one day over the summer. Uh, So he forced them all to come back on July 9th and it was for a special gun control hearing. And it was blanket. Yeah, it was just blanket gun control. They were going to turn everyone into a felon, basically. Yeah. Possession was illegal of like what? 30 round mags. 30 round mags would be illegal. Um, Semi-auto rifle. Yeah, semi-auto rifles. Uh, one handgun per month purchase mm-hmm. uh, limit. Urpos. Uh, yeah, extreme risk protection orders. Red flags, basically. Um, and uh, let's see what else. There was something to do. Oh, waiting periods mm-hmm. uh, for background checks. It was just like every single bad thing that you can think of. When it comes to freedom. Was and, and, and what they wanted yourself. to introduce. Yeah. yeah, there was also... Oh, oh. More gun free zones. Yeah, I was just I was just gonna we say We need that more gun free zones yeah. after this gun free zone shooting. Yeah. They work so well. It was insane. I it's like I'm taking crazy pills, people. Um Well, we're glad th- luckily they got we dodged the yeah. bullet and they didn't even listen to him. Luckily yeah. we have uh what major uh Republican or whatever majority Barely. or, or so in yeah. a fifty six to forty vote, they voted to just adjourn after ninety minutes of some people just kind of talking and making very emotional ridiculous my feelings are hurt right now i thought it was funny because like you could tell they weren't that good at actors because they were state level workers like they're not they're not federal they're not federal reps or whatever they're state level so they're like like, but the children yeah and that's the worst thing and uh what's what was that guy's name the the solwell that said he was gonna nuke us he's out of the race he put up a post like what would you rather do uh, regulate assault rifles or kill children and, and like 80% of people yeah, or, or, I think or, it was even more yeah it was just totally lopsided then he yeah. was like alright that's it for me I'll see you guys later I guess he's going to Somalia yeah so we dodged that bullet too Um. so anyways gun free zones uh, we missed the legislature the Texas mm-hmm. shooting guy should have worn a chest plate um, what else do we or got or just <laughs> killed himself i don't know that was right, so that's something that's something we'll probably talk about next time would be yeah. like body armor yeah i feel like if anyone has any like recommendations or, or wants to talk about that because um i feel like even in like a house situation if you have time which are you probably you know, only in a rare mm-hmm. situation would you have time to throw on a vest i feel like right. the, the the chest in that area you know when it comes to dodging bullets <laughs> i feel like it might be worth the investment might be i don't know all right. Well, what, 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 how much time we at? What, what, what are we doing? We're at like a minute or an hour, seven minutes. Okay. We're way over. We're All right. Good. Well, I think that's it for this time. As, as usual, um, we're sorry that we don't do more episodes. Yeah. You know. Hopefully this one wasn't too rambly for you. We it did do been. a lot of rambling, <laughs> but it's a good time. No, whatever. Uh, um, so next episode, we're, we'll talk about body armor, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll go from there. The other thing. Um, this damn Epstein guy. Oh, God. Pay attention to that, people. Yeah. I think that's a big deal. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's it all for right. me. Thank that's all I have to so say. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support. Uh, if you have any questions for us, you can reach us on pretty much any social media platform. Uh, we are available on Spotify now. So if that is your preferred podcast listening app, go find us there. I like Apple. All right. Um, that's it. All right. See you, both. Thanks, guys. Bye.
New York Reload Revolver Mike here. Uh, we're doing our first edition of Dear New York Reload Revolver Mike, where you ask questions uh, to, me, uh, to me or whatever. Um, it's kind of like Dear Abby. Yeah. Right? So, so you're going to read the questions, Elena. Okay. So our first question comes to us from Marty Robbins Big Iron. Okay. Marty writes, Dear New York Reload Revolver Mike, I've been carrying my Colt Python 6-inch for the last 28 years and have loved every minute, but I'm worried now about not having enough ammo. What's the best way to increase capacity without losing my knockdown power? I think that's a pretty simple uh, question and a pretty simple answer. You carry another revolver. Maybe another one? Mm-hmm. Maybe another one. So um, four? Four to five, yeah, between oh, the two. Yeah. Definitely get the three five seven. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you don't want to lose your knockdown power, you know. Right. Uh, uh, it's important stuff. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, please. All right. Uh, this <laughs> this comes to us from uh, Mock of Fit and Fire. Mock. That's how he wrote it. So, Mark writes, Dear New York Reload Revolver Mike, I need your advice on how exactly to do a New York reload with AKs. I have a C thirty nine V two. Hold on, that could... hold on. I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay. Mark, buy a Comblock AK. That's the end of it. Well, but do you want to hear his question? Uh, the rest of it, I guess. I'll listen to you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he said, "I have a C thirty nine V two that could be a primary." However, since it has cast trunnions, should it be the reload? I also have a PSAK 47 G- GF3 and could use that as the primary and the C39 V2 is the reload. Well, the C39 V2 doesn't have trunnions, but it makes a terrific paperweight. <laughs> um, the GF3, you know, I don't know. Just get one from the Europe's. That's what I say. <laughs> Um, but, also, but, mm-hmm. but have two of them, right? One is, you know, two is none, whatever. Have, have, have four actually. I, four, if you carry four, at least one in the car, you know, right? Four AKs, European mm-hmm. AKs. He also mentions I could buy an IO for really cheap and cut down the barrel to make it a pistol length to use it as a full slash last or full last measure. Slash in case of emergency type reload, just in case the bolt blows free and right into my eye. Or I could roll all akimbo style. Akimbo? Akimbo. Akimbo style with the AKs like in a Call of Duty. Or I could just carry a revolver. What do you think? Two revolvers. Two AKs. Akimbo. Uh, they gotta be from Europe, dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the revolvers should the revolvers be from Europe too? No, I like no. it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. They just gotta they just gotta work. You gotta, you know. Okay, that's fair. New York Reload Revolver, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, end it. We're done. Yeah, let's just listen to that. Let's just see how terrible that was. 